Let's start with some well-known facts. Our guest today was a member of one of the most influential rock groups of our time. Their greatest hits compilation sold over 29 million copies in the U.S. alone. But when Don Felder joined the Eagles in 1974, he added that special something with his vocals and guitar playing that added a rock edge and would help create the unmistakable Eagles sound. He co-wrote the mesmerizing Hotel California and several other classic hits that continue to be played daily throughout the world. He's a guitarist who knows his craft and has also played with other legendary artists such as the Bee Gees, Bob Seger, Michael Jackson, Boss Skaggs, Stevie Nicks, and Elton John, just to name a few. Life After the Eagles has not stopped Felder from continuing to create and deliver the music that is within him. His new solo album, Road to Forever, is a musical product that began with his best-selling book about his life with the Eagles. His journey has culminated with a wonderful collection of richly composed and arranged tracks for this, his first solo album in nearly 30 years.
Inside MusicCast welcomes Don Felder. Hey, Don, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, well, we all know, obviously, that it's safe to say that, uh, you know, when someone mentions the sound of the Eagles, there's absolutely no mistake of what that sound, quote unquote, is. But, you know, when you joined the band in 74, Don, um, something really happened to the sound that you injected um, into the band. And, and it really separated you from the other bands at that time. And because you guys uh, broke away loose from, from the crowd. I mean, that was, uh, 74 is a, a long time ago, huh? Yeah, I, I can remember some of the 70s, but most of the memories have this kind of smoky haze around them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I was actually brought into the Eagles to put some rock and roll on the record. Yeah, uh, before yeah. that, they had been doing a lot of kind of country rock mm-hmm. records, kind of like Take It Easy, Peaceful, Easy Feeling, those sort of songs. Right. And uh, AM radio in the 70s really had a specific format that you either had to have a rock and roll track or a dance track or a drippy ballad. And so they wanted to start making records that would really wind up on AM radio, and that's where you really got the greatest exposure. So I was brought in the band to do just that, and hopefully that's uh, what I was able to do. Yeah. So, so I mean, these days when you get constantly, you know, um, asked about, you know, that eagle sound, does that, uh, do you carry that as a badge of honor? As a, does it sort of like one of those things you don't want to necessarily touch on or whatever? I mean, how, how no, do you... No, I, you, you know, I think together as a band, we made some really amazing records. Uh, mm-hmm. We had five guys in the band. Everybody could write, sing, and play really well. Um, very few bands maybe have one singer or two singers, one guitar player, and we just had an abundance of talent to choose from. So we wisely chose everybody's strongest suit for each song and each record and kind of featured that uh, that talent from those people uh, to make the best records we could. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very proud of what we were able to accomplish uh, on records and touring and the number of record sales and touring the world three or four times. I mean, it was right. a... It was an unusual feat for anyone, especially it, us. It definitely was. You know, we don't have, uh, we're not really going to be focusing too much on the on Eagles, but we do have just one, and we have to throw this in. And, and of course, it, it revolves around Hotel California, which you co-wrote. Um, uh, you know, we've read that uh, the music uh, or to Hotel, or the, the, the track, that you basically wrote that as an instrumental and you pitched it to the band. Is that the way that, that, that track started? Yeah, pretty much. I was just sitting on the couch in this rental uh, house in Malibu Beach and mm-hmm. playing this guitar, and out came that progression three or four times, and I ran into the back bedroom, turned on a tape recorder, and sketched it out before it went away. If I if I don't record something or write it down, it's mm-hmm. gone within a day or two. So yeah. I put down a little demo of it, and I went back in later and finished the whole track, played bass on it, played the guitars on it, put drums on it, everything pretty much like you hear the arrangement is now on the record. Yeah. Uh, and I put it on a cassette, if anyone remembers what a cassette is, <laughs> along with about 15 or 16 other song ideas. So another one became Victim of Love, and gave copies of that cassette to Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Randy Meisner, and Joe Walsh. Said, if there's anything on this tape you guys like, you want to finish, let me know, and we'll work on it. So Henley said, I like that song. It sounds kind of like a Mexican reggae or bolero. You know? <laughs> so it was obviously the only one on there that had that vibe, so we went in the studio and finished recording it. Yeah, and the lyrics. How, how did those come? Was that a compilation of, of efforts, too? Yeah, but Henley actually came up with the concept of Hotel California. None of, nobody in the band was from L.A. Sure. Uh, we'd all driven in on Route 66 at night. And you can see that hotel, you can see the lights of uh, Hollywood hovering on the horizon for miles away at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you're driving through the desert, you have all these images in your mind of palm trees and the stars on Hollywood Boulevard and movie stars and success (laughs) and beaches and bikinis and all of that imagery. 
So Henley had the brilliant insight to say, we should write this song about the Hotel California. And once we had that framework for uh, for a concept, all the other songs on that record started coming out. Like when you first get to L.A., you're the new kid in town, and you have a hit. And mm-hmm. After you've been there, a seasoned vet for a while, you've become life in the fast lane. And mm-hmm. then you wonder if you, just all those years and all the bars that you spent in your misspent youth were just <laughs> wasted time. So all of these... <laughs> All of these songs started coming out uh, based on on that original concept. Very cool. Well, hey, you're, you're a Florida guy. You're from Gainesville, and uh-huh. when you stop and look at what was happening at that that time when you were, you know, kind of in your youth, and, and there were so many amazing musicians that came from that Gainesville area, and I, I know you guys all knew each other. It's guys like Stephen Stills and Tom Petty, and the uh, Greg Allman, I believe, was from that area, and uh, all from that Gainesville area. What, what was the music scene like back then? What you know, when you guys, uh, I know you interacted with each other, right? Yeah, uh, Stills and I had a band together when we were about fifteen years yeah. old. Uh, my mother would drive us around to these little shows. Tom Petty was a guitar student of mine at Lippo Music Company, yeah. where I was teaching guitar. Uh, the Almond Brothers had a band called uh, the Almond Joys or the Spotlights. <laughs> we all the battles of the bands together. Yeah. And we played the fraternity parties on the weekend together. And then during the summer, we'd all go to Daytona Beach and work the clubs over there when yeah. the university was closed. So we all knew each other. Dwayne taught me how to play slide. I taught Tommy how to play rhythm guitar. Uh, Stills left and moved to California. Bernie Ledden moved to Gainesville and became Stephen Stills' replacement, who Bernie went on to be one of the original founding members of the Eagles. We were just all, you know, kids playing music in the same town, kind of teaching each other and learning from each other. And I don't know if it was something in the water down there or something in what we were smoking that caused us to go <laughs> on to all be platinum-selling, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, uh, but something was going on. Well, you just mentioned uh, education, and, and you know, you said you uh, gave Tom Petty music lessons, and and that's that's pretty cool just in itself. But let me ask about your music education. I mean, you you essentially taught yourself how to play guitar at the age of ten, and I, I guess you know, from what I understand, maybe one of your best teachers was was the radio <laughs> and the songs that inspired yeah, you. And absolutely, yeah. Um, I got a guitar when I was ten, and uh, I was born really in pretty impoverished, destitute poverty uh, conditions. Uh-huh. We had no money. There was no real music school at that time to yeah. go take lessons. We couldn't afford it if we uh, had lessons, if we had money. So yeah. at any rate, um, I just started picking away at it, and, you know, listening to stuff on tape and then learning to play it. And used to be able to record stuff on this tape recorder at seven and three quarters and slow it down to yeah. 30 or three and a third and play it at half speed, and I could hear the notes one by one that this guitar player was playing, and I would learn to play it in slow motion, and then speed it up where I could practice and get it up to speed and be able to play it at the right key and the right uh, right speed. And when I did that, then I'd learn the next track. So I started learning B.B. King and uh-huh. Chet Atkins and all these different guitar players that I could get my hands on down there and just kind of took off. And much later in life, I wound up uh, meeting this guy who was a graduate from uh, Berkeley College of Music who opened a music school in Gainesville, and I got a job working for him, and I would teach these incoming kids that were 8, 10, 12 years old that had gotten a new guitar for Christmas and complaining about their fingers hurting when they played guitar. <laughs> I'd teach their basic stuff, and then for every hour that I taught his students, which they paid him for, he would give me an hour's lesson in, in writing and reading music and music theory and 
arranging and uh, writing for horn sections. So I got somewhat of a second-hand Berkeley Music um, <laughs> College of Music education from Paul Hillis there in Gainesville. That's awesome. That's great. Hey, I spoke to uh, somebody you know yesterday, Jeff Lorber, and he says hello, and he said he'd love to catch up with you sometime. And, and Jeff played on your debut solo album back in 1983 called Airborne. And I was just thinking, you know, 29 years later after, you know, you released your second solo album titled Road to Forever, and I was thinking about the time lapse between these two albums, and, you know, it presents, when you listen to the two, it presents a pretty noticeable difference in the overall sound, obviously 29 years, but I was curious about how different was your approach to writing and conceptualizing this new solo record as compared to Airborne back in, in uh, 1983. Oh, it was a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Jeff is a great player and a really nice guy. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I could have more time to just hang out and play music with him. He's a brilliant artist. Yeah. Um, but... 30 years later, first of all, you know, when you're in the Eagles, you can't do anything but eat, breathe, and sleep Eagles. <laughs> Every day is full of Eagles business. You really don't have a lot of time to go right. take off and write songs on your own, produce songs around, and do a solo record. It's just kind of all-encompassing. So when I finally left the Eagles, and I no longer had to write for a specific cast of characters. In other words, when I wrote music in the Eagles, I wrote for that band. I knew everybody's vocal range, how they played what instruments we could use, what instruments we couldn't use, and I had to write for that like I was writing for a sitcom. Once once I left the band, I could write just anything I wanted to write, which was really liberating. And I also started going through the process when I left the band of writing a book called My, uh, My Life in the Eagles, Heaven and Hell, My Life in the Eagles. Right, yeah. And uh, I, I have a studio in my house, so as I would go through these recollections and experiences that I'd gone through in my life, I would put a, a page mark in that book and I'd go over to the studio and I'd write a song about that experience, something like Fall from the Grace of Love or Money or Over You or those those experiences that I had um, lived through and managed to get through with a smile on the, on the other side of them <laughs> with a smile on my face. So I, I wrote 26 song ideas uh, and went back in the studio after I'd published the book and gone out and toured promoting the book. And... Uh, figured out what I thought were the best 16 songs, went in the studio, uh, recorded and finished producing those 16 songs, pared them down to what I thought was the best 12 songs, and mm -hmm. put out the CD. The other four songs you can hear on iTunes or Amazon or DonFelder.com as bonus tracks, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, I thought were great songs. I just didn't want to put 16 songs on the same CD. <laughs> anyway, um, it was an entirely different experience, and it had a, a much more cathartic feel to it in that I was writing about my life in this book and I was writing about my life in these songs. And the, the fact that I had gone through these experiences, and they, they all have a very common, humane thread that everyone has experienced at one point or another. Uh, so it's, they're very empathetic songs. People can relate through them and oscillate and vibrate with the ideas of these songs quite easily. And that, that to me is the key to to good songwriting and literature and poetry and art in any sense is that people uh, people are touched by it uh, and can relate to it. Whether it's a film where you cry in the middle of a movie or you hear a song that you feel something from, um, to me, that's that's the key to good songwriting. Yeah. Well, hey, Don and Eddie, uh, let's take another quick break. Uh, there's another track I really want to check out from uh, your album, Road to Forever, and that's uh, one that I think is, is absolutely beautiful, and this is a track called Wash Away.
Eddie and I were uh, really impressed with uh, the musicians you enlisted for Road Forever. And in fact, several of them have been guests on Inside Music Cast, including, you know, the, some of the guys from Toto, like Steve Lukather, Steve Percaro, David Page. Uh, we even had Lee Sklar in there. And of course, you had David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash, Tommy Shaw, Lenny Castro, Randy Jackson. And and I think you even had your daughter in there as well, Leah. And you know you didn't fool around when it came to bringing in you know some of the best <laughs> of the best. And tell us a little bit about how you chose uh, some of these particular players. Well, you know, first of all, I didn't want to go into the studio and have drama. I yeah, <laughs> I spent so much time in the studio with people. There are always fights and drama and egos. It's like I had enough of that. that. I want to go have fun. <laughs> so one of the first cry top criteria for having people was that they were lighthearted easygoing people, and usually friends of mine, uh, like Crosby, Stills, Nash, Stevens, Stills, and I had known each other since we were 14, 15 years old, and uh, Crosby and Nash were the first two acts I played with when I got to L.A. I've known those guys since 73. Uh, Graham's son and my son, Cody, Graham's son was my son's big brother when they went to high school. Just close people, you know. Mm -hmm. Steve Lukather is not only is he just an amazingly brilliant guitar player, but he's one of the funniest guys (laughs) you can have in the studio with you. Literally from the time he walks in the door to the time he walks out, you're laughing until your your cheeks (laughs) hurt, your stomach muscles are hard. Stop, stop, (laughs) stop. I can't laugh anymore. (laughs) And so, uh, and Tommy Shaw is just a great guy, great singer, uh, great writer. He helped me write lyrics on a couple of the songs and sang some harmonies in the choruses. Randy Jackson, everybody knows him as uh, the dog dude from American Idol <laughs> Judge, but he's just a phenomenal bass player. He's probably one of the top bass players in Los Angeles. So I had this one song that's a very kind of optimistic, hopeful love song called Someday that I wanted to have yeah. a killer bass part on. So Randy was the obvious choice for that. And so it, it was based on people that I thought not only were brilliantly gifted musicians, but really fun, easygoing and no drama involved in making a record with them. So that's how it all came together. And I think that all kind of comes through in the vibe and the music, too. You know, it's Absolutely. Not, uh, it's not ego-driven. It's, uh, it's music-driven. Yep. Yeah, that's neat. Well, it's not only um, beautifully performed, but it's also a beautifully engineered album. And I think you had uh, Ed Cherney, who's another A-list talent engineered, who, uh, you know, who mixed uh, Road to Forever. You know, Ed's not only a, a great engineer, but his ear is so musical and he lends so much to a recording. Um, you know, when you brought uh, Ed into the, into the project, I mean, you almost guaranteed beautiful stuff, you know? Well, Ed, actually, ironically enough, was the second engineer or junior engineer on the Hotel California record in, really? like, 75. Oh, really? He was, like, setting up microphones and sweeping up the place and cleaning <laughs> up tape edits. But he's just gone on to become this phenomenally mm-hmm. uh, gifted engineer. Absolutely. And he's another one of those guys you can sit in a room or sit in a bar or sit in his house and watch football with and just feel really comfortable. We play golf together. Just a really good guy to hang out with as and to have that energy on the record as well as his his talented gifts to me were just as important, you know, to have somebody so so much fun to work on. So yeah, it's a delightful guy as well. Yeah. You know, so did uh, the words, the lyrics, feelings, and memories, you know, of what you explained, of course, during as to, you know, what life brings to you uh, that spawned your book and so forth. Um, so did the words, feelings, and memories, I mean, did those really drive this project, a portion of Road to Forever, or were some tracks driven by music uh, or both? 
you know, that's an interesting question. Um, inspiration comes to me uh, through sitting down and playing, and a guitar lick pops out that I really like the lick, and I don't have any other idea for the song. I'll go into my studio and record some of those licks, just like I did to the opening of Hotel California. Or sometimes I'll be driving in my car, and a lyric will come to my mind. I'll grab my iPhone and sing it into my iPhone. Or sitting at a computer typing an email, I'll have something to run across my mind, and I'll write, grab a, a legal pad, and I'll scribble down the idea as quickly as I can. And I amass all of these concepts and ideas and insights, both musically, uh, track-wise, guitar likes, uh, vocals, lyrics. And then when it's time to go into the studio and start picking through these things to find what I think would make the best record, I have an abundance of, of ideas. You know, as a matter of fact, my, I have sent so many ideas to the digital gods with my erased head <laughs> over the years <laughs> that I didn't think were you know strong enough to finish. That it, that's the hardest part is uh, is really kind of culling through your own work and saying, ah, this one's not as good. This one's good. This is not good. And being being uh, objectively uh, creative about what songs you think will work and what songs won't. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, they all come different ways. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question, uh, you know, regarding um, Fall From Grace of Love is, is truly a solid track. You know, it's really you and the simplicity of your, your, let's just call it your signature guitar playing sound, you know, really comes through beautifully. And it's just straight up Don Felder music. It's clean, it's simple, and uh, and with a nice driving tempo. It's really classic and uh, is this a new track? Uh, was this a brand new track, or was this part of uh, your uh, reservoir of music that you might have brought into the the mix? No, that was that was a, almost every song on this CD were new tracks, okay. new song ideas, uh, with the exception of one song, which is called "Road to Forever." Yeah. When my father passed away at sixty six, he never really got to see my success in the Eagles. I just joined the Eagles, and we just started, and he passed away. Yeah. And when he did, I sat down and wrote the beginning of that song called Road to Forever, uh, and it was kind of this pretty acoustic guitar ballad, uh, thinking of how we all cross over. And uh, when we started this record, the CD project, I had been meeting and having discussions for about three weeks with Greg Ladani, who's a brilliant yeah. engineer. We'd been playing golf together, having lunch together, listening to my song ideas, talking about where we were recorded. He was going to produce this record. Uh, the musicians we would have come play on it. And so he got on a plane and went to Greece about a week before we were supposed to commence work on this record and had a very unfortunate passing over there by falling off of the back of a stage on a soccer field and, and, and dying. So I... Uh, when it came time to do this record, I went back and found the start of this song called Road to Forever. And in a salute to both my father and Greg, uh, I invited everybody that Greg had talked about playing on this record in to play on that one song. Uh, Lukather and Page and Lee Scalar and um, all the people we had talked about. And... Um, brought them in to, to cut that track, and I rearranged it and rewrote parts of it so it's kind of strong rock and roll in the middle, and it's got this pretty little acoustic thing like it started with. And then at the very end of this, that record, uh, that song, I created this thing called the Pool of Souls. 
and it's as if you could stick your head up into the heavens and you could hear the voices of all the souls that have gone before us mm-hmm. swirling around our head. And in that pool of souls, I found on YouTube Greg speaking at a, um, a conference for recording engineers and producers, and he said, and that's the difference between the two worlds. And I took that line and put it at the very end of the pool of souls. So mm-hmm. Greg is not only on the record with us, but he's in the pool of souls, and that's what he's saying, and that's the difference between the two worlds. Wow. So that's it beautiful. was uh, a bit of an homage to both my father and Greg, who had been so important in doing all the preliminary work to get this record together. So other than that song, all the other songs on the record were were new songs. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's neat. Well, hey, guys, let's stop for a second, and uh, let's take a listen to this opening track from Road to Forever. This is a track called Fall from the Grace of Love.
you know what we really enjoyed and me and me and rick have been talking about uh, road to forever for you know a little while now and uh, you know what we dig about that is there's such a beautiful musical diversity you know that we find you know there's the straight up felder rock tunes that you know classically you and of course there's some really beautiful the soft emotional ballads uh that you're talking about and, and then the lyrics it's it's a very nicely done i think it uh uh, it, it took, I think, the time that you invested in it, it really delivered a, a pristine project. So congratulations to you, Don. Well, thank you so much. You know, the, most people think of uh, me as like he- Hotel California or heavy metal mm-hmm. or Victim mm-hmm. of Love, kind of this harder rock guitar player. And like I said, when I was able to take the handcuffs off of having to write for just the Eagles and be able to write anything I wanted to, it really opened the door and gave me a big palette to experiment with. And I thought some of those songs on there were really a different uh, departure for me to dabble in those areas. But I found it really challenging and very interesting for me to go in and do those songs, some of the softer ballads. There's a lullaby on there for my three-year-old son. And... uh, uh, just, uh, you know, er- other areas of my life that I uh, I wanted to uh, put on this record for people to see. Thank sure. you so much. Mm-hmm. Hey, Don, uh, we're running short on time, but I've got one more question for you about a track. And it's it's my personal favorite on Road to Forever, and it's called Heal Me. And, you know, this is a beautiful tune, and it really carried itself and you know, a little differently from the rest of, of the songs on your album. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful track about what I take from it is, you know, personal kind of spiritual self-healing and finding sanity, you know, in this crazy world. But just when you think that the track is about to fade away towards the end of the tune, you know, you, all of a sudden you're kind of introduced with some African percussion and tribal chanting that sort of crossfades back into focus and then it carries the song to the end. Explain the concept of this song and the arrangement. Well, yeah, you're you're right on in, in your uh, interpretation of it. It's about, as we all go through life, life just abuses us and leaves us with scars from emotional relationships, physical relationships, losses of all different kind of disappointment and stuff. But we have to find some way inside ourselves to heal ourselves, to wipe away those, uh, those scars and go on through life with a smile on our face. Mm-hmm. Originally, the end of this song was going to be a new song called Healed, sort of the... Uh, a recapitulation at the very end of the album back mm-hmm. to all of this uh, stuff that we had gone through. But we wound up that if we merged them together, it turned into this joyous celebration, much like an African, tri- African tribal celebration of life itself, yeah. of what as you go through life and the struggles and then you get to the end. It's all a joyous experience, and you should be... Um, uh, celebrating the experience in itself, good, bad, and everything, but we uh, we, we have been healed uh, once we get to the end of this song, and mm-hmm. that's what the, uh, the kind of the African tribal joyousness is in, in the end of that song. Yeah, you know, while we're talking about Heal Me, I think this is one that really needs to, uh, I think our audience needs to hear. And uh, let's stop for just a second, and let's check out Heal Me from Don Felder's new album, Road to Forever.
darkest fears, secrets that I've tucked away from view. Cause 
Well, Don, thanks so much for spending time with us. And uh, before we go, are you planning on uh, doing any uh, live performances uh, for this album? Like any shows? Yeah, I've been out on the road almost all year. I'm just now kind of dialing it down a little bit through the holidays. I've got a few more shows, a couple of charity events, one for KLOS here on, I think, December 15th. Okay. One, one for uh, Alice Cooper in Phoenix on uh, December 8th. And one or two other things, maybe a New Year gig, and then I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. I think we resume uh, shortly after the middle of January, and I'll be out working till next fall. Very good. Check out my website, dodfelder.com, for our touring uh, dates, and come on by. Come see your show. Very cool. One last question. Your touring band, uh, you wanna, who, who's a part of the band uh, that, that you're taking on the road? Well, uh, I have a great touring band. Uh, on bass, I have a guy named Shim Von Schreck. We know Shim. radically trained tenor, sings these unbelievable high vocals, and plays <laughs> this great, great bass part. Plays with Loggins and Messina, yeah. Loggins, a bunch of different people. Keyboards, I have a guy that was on the band in the band with me during Hell Freezes Over and the Eagles named Timothy Drury. Oh, yeah. He was also the keyboard player in Whitesnake for two or three years. Yeah. Uh, worked with Stevie Nicks. He was in Henley's band years ago. Great singer, great player, amazing guy. Uh, drama, I have a guy named Stevie D who uh, worked with David Gilmore, was just out with my old buddies, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, for part of their tour this yeah. summer. Cool. He's coming back uh, next week. And so, uh, and on guitar, uh, right now, I have a guy named uh, Frank Symes, who's been with me for about eight years. And he just currently left to go do the Who's tour. He's their musical director until the middle of February. So mm. that's that's my main band, and uh, I have a guy named Greg Saran from the Goo Goo Dolls who's subbing for Frank while uh, Frank's out with the Who. They're Man. all just pedigreed, amazing players. That's amazing. Cool. When you see a Shem, tell him hi for Eddie and Rick. He's been a guest of ours on the show. He's such a great guy. I love Shem to death. Yeah, he's great. Well, Don, thanks so much. We appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with you sometime in the future. Please do. Come on out and see a show. We'll rock. <laughs> you got it, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Eddie. Bye-bye. 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 Special thanks to Don Felder for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Max Zape, Mikhail Ingstrom, Uwe Reith, and Scott Sheriff for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast.